regularly scheduled segments on Owl's AmeriCast, Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with American Accent, will not be found on this week's show. It will be mostly Wednesday news. Uh, there will not be Dispatches from American Soccer. There will not be How I Became a Wednesdayite. Um, most of the podcast might be How I Stopped Being a Wednesdayite. <laughs> Um, we will start with the most important things, though, which is introductions and what we're drinking, especially that part, given what we're going to uh, plow through in the next hour or so. I make no promises. I am Jeffrey Paternostro, and I am drinking a Midwinter's Dram, which is uh, from High West Distillery. It's whiskey finish, and I believe Madeira bottles. It is the Friday before Christmas, and uh, instead of going to some sort of party... I'm hanging out with a couple of American Wednesdayites and discussing the state of our favorite football club. One of those Wednesdayites is our Ohio L, Evan Skilter. Evan, what are you drinking? Today I am drinking some Carlsberg, actually. Uh, I know it's an odd thing, but and I've discussed it on here before. It's one of my favorite beers, at least imported. And um, every now and then, the, the little we have one nice beer shop here in Bluffton, Ohio, 4,000 people town. Um, and every now and then they have some, and usually it's a six pack, but they had a 12 pack of 16 ounce cans. Uh, and so I was excited about it and grabbed it. You excited to talk about Wednesday this week, Evan? You know, yes, I actually am. I'm okay. excited to at least have a discussion with, with you guys and, and kind of digest and and figure out exactly what we've gone through we won't figure out exactly what we've gone through the last week but <laughs> probably not I, I am looking forward to discussing it and and doing it outside of twitter our expats are all five hours ahead and probably tucked in bed at this point so we go to the west coast where it's still friday afternoon cutting into christmas with our cascadia owl mike laroon mike what are you drinking well, to make it even more surreal as the week is, I'm actually um, in Southern California. I'm actually in the bedroom I grew up in as a child, and it is one in the afternoon in Southern California, and I'm having a uh, just finished off the morning pot of coffee. So um, can't be nearly as exciting as uh, what you're drinking, but later I'll catch up. So the agenda for episode 51. Uh, there's only really one thing on the agenda. It's the fans forum and everything that came out in the last 48 hours. Since then, I do want to briefly dispense with the Swansea game. Again, any number of episodes of this podcast from recent weeks or right before Carlos was sacked last winter would suffice to give you the nuts and bolts of it. Wednesday dropped points from a lead, more defensive struggles, same old, same old. Uh, We actually capitalized on an opponent's mistake for a change with the first Marco Matias goal. But of course, managed to immediately ship two of our own uh, down the left-hand side with one Morgan Fox at left back. Um, I was there in New York, since everybody, all our New York Owls are are back home for the holiday season. And I was talking to some of the Swansea fans there. They got a little down after the first goal went in. And I immediately said, don't worry, we always ship two. And sure enough, we uh, we shipped two. But the most the moment that crystallized that afternoon for me morning really and i think sets the uh sets the table for the rest of the podcast well uh we had some tourists in town that showed up around halftime and i joked with them how they didn't miss anything in the first half uh and lisa who was the the wednesday fan in question mentioned that her 
her boyfriend who was there with him, they've been dating for a few years. And at, cer- at a certain point early in their relationship, she said, uh, do you want to go to Hillsboro? He's like, okay. And she's like, just so you know, we don't go there to have fun. We just go there. It's a thing that we do. Much like this podcast this week. We're not going to have a lot of fun, but it's a thing that we're going to do. I'm hoping today is cathartic because it's just, especially when you're in these different time zones, just to, to put everything in order and try to figure out where are we. And we weren't really going to have a podcast this I week see. because no one wanted to talk about the Swans game. And as of like Sunday, Monday, the forum was not going to happen. Yeah, I, I just think that uh, the forum happening and obviously the club going up for sale and then maybe we don't we'll get there but yes yeah right and, and then the sacking of our manager i think it's it's been such a whirlwind it's kind of what, why i said i was excited to talk to you guys because i haven't really had a chance to sit down and, and clearly think about um what all has transpired and so it's good to kind of have an emergency podcast and and jump together i know it'll be kind of an interesting podcast because we're all or we're all Americans, right? And and don't really have that I don't know, close knit I don't know, it's always an argument, right? If you don't live there, you can't be a, a supporter whatever. I I don't care so much about that argument as much as the fact that <clears throat> a lot of people close to the situation are uh, that are right in the same town probably have um different opinions than us because same we're, questions we're outsiders, though, I feel right? like <laughs> Same questions, different opinions, and I think it'll be fun for us to kind of talk about it and um, just amongst ourselves. So it was canceled at Sheffield University because of security concerns. I know there was some conspiracy theories floating around that it might be a way for the club to to get out of having to do it and still save face. Nope. We plowed ahead at Hillsborough proper with 1,000 people. I think sort of the, the interesting thing to me while I was following around, it was 1,000 people I just had 1,000 different ways of framing the same question about who's picking the team, Mike. Yeah, it was a mess. Um, and I don't, there's no other way to say it. I mean, we were here a week ago saying this was a bad idea and it was even worse idea to expand it. So the fact that it got canceled, I believe I even said on our WhatsApp conversation, you know, and I've heard this on, on BBC Radio Sheffield, which is, you know, they're happy to give them an hour. You know, if they want to bring in management, give them an hour and they can put together the top 10 questions that the fans would like asked. But no, it's uh, it's this whole the conspiracy theories, the injury theories, all of the uh, so-and-so can't play because of the contracting theories, just all coming out. And the fact that we don't have a we don't know who our our best lineup is. Yas doesn't know who the best lineup is. And yes, that was articulated in, I think, 13 or 14 questions in the first few minutes. So it. um, Yeah, again, it, it right from the start. We kind of, kind of went as we all thought it was going to go, which is awful. I think, say what you love about Death on Chinsiri, and I suspect over the balance of this podcast we're going to say a lot. I don't doubt that he genuinely wants to be liked by this fan base. And I, I get it. Like, when he first came here, you know, the club had instant success. You know, he was walking up to the stadium for friendlies, taking selfies with... Uh, fans sharing cigarettes like i'm sure it was like a really great experience but you know the reality is we know as as wednesday fans it's you know 
the the good moments are generally far outweighed by the bad and we're seeing that come home from roost and i just think like he doesn't quite understand the fan base and i think part of the problem is actually these forums because the people that are going to show up uh we're all wednesday aren't we i'll preface it with that but the people that are going to show up for to this kind of thing on a you know tuesday night in the christmas season are going there for a pound of flesh that's they're not there because they're happy um and it's entirely fair not to be happy about the club right now evan but i just think there's like a weird like anger that i just don't think was particularly productive well nothing was going to be productive with with this with this thing i mean i think that i think you you hit it hit the nail on the head when you said chancier just he he longs to be liked and nothing he's going to say at this thing is going to make them happy sure but I think that's a problem if you are it the is. owner and, and manager and boss of a club. You, you can't make everyone happy, and, and that's very cliche, right? I mean, that's that's management 101. You're not going to make everyone happy. Not everyone's going to like the boss. And, you know, I, I don't know if he schedules these things and thinks, okay, they're going to be happy that I, I've scheduled it. They're going to be nice and come into these come into this with their questions and say, oh, Chancery, we love you. Thank you so much for your transparency. Uh, you know, the, what what, do you, what are your plans, right? And I just feel like the whole time that he answered questions, it, I wouldn't even say he answered a lot of questions, but he, the whole time he was speaking, it was just like he, he was trying to be passionate and paint himself as this guy that everyone should like. You know, how often did he say, I try, I care deeply. I'm very passionate about the club. I need to do a better job. I, you, not everyone likes me. Not everyone will like me, but you know, I, I, you should like me. In fact, you should thank me. And he, just over and over and over again, instead of really digging into the answers of these things, he, he's kind of deflecting and trying to, to make himself um, seem like a hero. And right now, no one's going to view you as a hero, and you have to understand that going into something like this. And it was just so – obviously, just reading tweets. First of all, shout out to Dom Housen for, for his coverage, and he's the one that I um, followed throughout this whole thing to kind of get a, a view of what was going on. And, and just it was so frustrating reading these tweets that you know all he, he never answered questions. He just said – I have to do better. You're not going to be happy. You should be happy. You should come to the matches. You should get behind the players. Like it's just he tries too hard to be liked, and it really gets in the way of, of making good decisions. I think the one thing. I mean, obviously, this was a this was a shit show from word one. It was probably going to be, but sort of jumping off a point you made there, Evan. The thing that made me the most nervous, like I, I get being kind of like deflecting on the answers. Like he's not picking the line. If we believe he's actually not picking the team, fine. You can believe it or not believe it, but he wasn't going to, the 14th time you asked it, he wasn't going to change his answer. But the actual answer that concerned me the most was he, he was asked, where do you think this team is in five years? And he said, I don't know. Beyond anything else, Mike, like you should have a long-term plan for you know, sustainable success in whatever division you're at. Right. And, and I think a big part of this is that we, again, we reflect on those magical two years, um, a couple of years ago where we were at Wembley, um, you know, against Hull and then those 
in the playoff, the horrible game against Huddersfield, matches against Huddersfield. And we have to go back and look at this. I keep I hate to use the word gamble, but he took the gamble and either of those games go a different way. We're not having this conversation right now. We're talking about how great it was. But the fact that he went all in without the what if we don't make it and you know what happens when the injuries start coming up, what happens when these veteran salaries um, aren't you know returning their their investment. That makes me yes. That should be the most disappointing thing is he does, really doesn't know what what to do now and to be you know in a relegation fight. You know, I, I guess we were sort of in one last year and now we're probably gearing up for one now. But the fact that he's in a relegation fight doesn't have the right um, you know doesn't have the right uh, you know army on the field or or coaches there. That yeah, that makes me nervous. Um, you know, and yeah, it would be great if he even said anything for where he wants to be in a five-year plan. But the fact is, um, yeah, I agree. That was that was incredibly painful. Well, I think you've I think you've both kind of uh, mentioned it now too, Jeff. You you already said at the beginning here that you know he walked in and, and he was a hero, and he walked up to friendlies and was getting pictures taken with people. People surrounded his car and wanted to shake his hand, and he got out and shook people's hands and did chants with them and. You know, everyone loved this guy, and everything was going well. Everything that he thought buying a club in England would be like happened. And, and those in first fan years, forums, had, those first fan forums were during those first two years where everyone was happy, and the only thing they were complaining exactly. about were the pies. Exactly. So he spent two years doing all this, and now everything, nothing is going according to plan, and he has no idea what to do. Um, he, he even said, you know, Mike, you said. Man, we wouldn't be having this discussion. Well, well DC said that. Chan Siri said, and this is again right off Housen's Twitter. He said, if we had gotten promoted two years ago, you would have said our recruitment team was perfect and the coach is a god. Like you're absolutely right, but that hasn't happened. So why are you bringing that up now? And there's no and, recruitment and, team anymore. <laughs> right. And and Jeff, you mentioned that you know his five year plan. He didn't have a five year plan. He said, I don't know. It depends. He said, I love this club, give everything to it, but I'm tired, et cetera, et cetera. Well, right before that, they asked him what his plan with um, with the January transfer window is. And he said, we have a problem with FFP, so we can't do anything, but I'll still try to do my best. We still have too much. I can't answer now. I don't know yet. Or two months. We have two months. I can't answer now. I don't know yet. What are you talking about? January is 10 days away, and you have to figure out FFP, but you don't have any idea what – you're going to do in the month-long transfer window that's two weeks away it, like he's either out of his mind he's lying or he's both and, and it, it's just so it, it was so frustrating and i think that like, like he's always been kind of like a i don't want to say weird that's not the right word quirky like you've heard little things below the surface but like when the team's winning no one cares um and he's absolutely right if they'd gone up and like I'm old enough, to, I'm old enough to remember when you know the club was literally getting wound up seven years ago, and sort of the slow build under you know Milan Mandarich, getting them out of the out of League One, sort of just consolidating year after year in the championship, and then you know Carlo shows up, Chancery shows up, and sort of the maybe they get there a year early because of the vagaries of the league and four Brighton players going off injured in the in the first leg of the playoffs but you don't you don't see that in hindsight until hindsight at the time you're just like oh this this team is this team is there 
and you forget that like you know six years ago you were applying your trade in you know league one with away days in like Fleetwood Town and the the vast majority of history of of, of Wednesday fans certainly my age uh and a few years younger and a few years older is you know they remember the glory days of the the mid to late 80s and the early to mid 90s while the people like Evan's age are you know they basically came of age as Wednesday fans as they were falling through the league but we just I guess get the feeling that you get a little bit of and this is true of every fan base uh in every sport I've said this about Mets fans before you get a little bit of taste of that success and you just get so drunk off it immediately. You're just like the cheapest drunk in the world. Because um, it is, you know, I remember those nights in the afternoons uh, in the in the football factory going nuts in those playoff legs uh, against against Brighton. You know, it's, you you want to chase that feeling. And, and after that second year of playoffs, there was no doubt we were going to be back the third year. Mm. It was just, we were, the, you know, it was think, just like, I who, think there was like know, a little bit of, in? A little bit of rot creeping in there now. I think with like roads not quite working out right away, and some of the some of the strategy against Huddersfield. But I think I said this before on the show: if they can properly execute an offside trap, they're through to Wembley against Reading, and I think they beat Reading. But now we're here, you know, less than less than two years later, and. Uh, you know, a lot of the questions were about Joss and about firing Yas, and you know, DC was very clear that you can't just fire a manager because the next person might do worse. Seven, I guess we're going to find out. <laughs> well, this this is what, uh, especially with everything that's come to light today, this is what's irritated me the most is that now that it's come out that that Joss is fired, and strong rumors with with I'd say some decent sources behind them have said that that Steve Bruce has already been in talks and um, has all but confirmed that he'll be our next manager. It makes me wonder, like, how much of the stuff that Chin Siri said during this forum was was truth and how much was a lie? Because he, he constantly said, you know, we, we don't know if the next guy's going to, to do well. It's not easy just to answer if we're going to uh, sack the manager, etc. And then the next day he does it? And then beyond that, what's that say to Steve Bruce if if he's already sort of lined up to be the manager and Chinsier's like, well, we don't know how the next guy's gonna do. <laughs> and beyond that, beyond that, forget it. What maybe that's maybe that's all hearsay and, and none of that's true. But but then we talk, and I know we'll get into it later, but then we talk about him putting the club on the market after an entire forum where he said, I don't know when the right time to leave is. Um, I'm not sure when I'm going to sell the club, but when I do, it won't be in worse shape than it was when I bought it. He says this throughout the whole forum and then ends the forum by saying, I'm putting the club on the market. Like what, 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 what's going on here? Yeah. I want to, I want to ask you guys, do you guys think, so again, again, we said this last week, the only reason to have this forum is if he opens up with Yoss has been removed or I'm putting the team up on the market. Um, and the fact that he, you know, I think we all kind of dozed off in the first hour of the tweets following this when neither of those things happened. Um, do you guys think that he, do you guys think that at the beginning of that forum, he backed, uh, Yoss, which I don't think he did because he wouldn't have had Steve Bruce on speed dial by then already. I mean, on the one level, this stuff happens all the time across football. 
when there's a manager on the hot seat because you don't want to start your search the day you fire him. You know, obviously, you know, to use a fairly prominent example this week, like, you know, Man U had already talked, I'm sure, to Molda about getting uh, Ole in before they finally put, you know, uh, ink to paper on Mourinho's walking papers. That's just, that's what you do. You want to, even if you're going to have a caretaker for a period of time, I assume Bowen will be in charge this weekend and, and, and through the rest of December until if and when Bruce is officially confirmed for January. It's a, that's the that's how you, you you do business in modern football. I don't think that's uh, that's all that unusual. So here's my suspicion. Now, I don't know if this was... I don't know if Chancery plans this stuff. I don't have a good enough read on him um, as a as a business person uh, to suggest, or as like a football executive, suggest that this might have been strategic. There's a, a lot of evidence that nothing he's done recently has been particularly strategic. But if you're Yas Lukai and you listen to the stuff he says in that fans forum, you know when he's basically thrown you under the bus and backed over you and you know gone forward, like. I suspect he went into his office, you know, Thursday morning before training and basically said, all right, if you're going to sack me, sack me. And maybe that was what uh, the result Chancery was looking for. Maybe he planned on doing it all along. Maybe this was all a big dog and pony show. I don't know. Um, but I think it does speak to sort of your broader point here, Mike, which is, you know, the club is in complete shambles right now from top to bottom. I mean, Catrian seems to have her stuff in a row, but I think we were still dozing off for most of that segment. Not me. That's when I woke up. Right. All right. <laughs> yeah, it was just it was just weird. It just seemed like they wasted. Yeah, uh, you know, talk about burying the lead. Um, and the, I guess my my follow up question is whether or not he was backing Shansir, backing um, Yas. Do you think he? I mean, are we ready to open up this can of worms about the team being up for sale? I. I think I don't know if something got lost in translation, or if that's something suspect, that he just yeah. got worn, or if he just got worn down by the. I think it was like hours. probably blurted out out of frustration, more or less. I'm sure he's considered it, uh, in recent years. I would not be shocked. Um, it's it may not be fun for him anymore, which is sort of a you know a dangerous way to looking at running a football club. Uh, I think as we're sort of finding out now, uh, but you know who's. If you're Red Bull or whatever, any interested buyer, and I mean, there are plenty of, I'm sure there are plenty of investment groups, foreign ownership, whatever, consortiums at all, that would be looking to buy a mid-table championship club at a fairly good price, just because if you get that team up, you know, the riches in the Premier League are so, so vast. Just... Why would you do it now if he's if it's going to be more of a mess six months now? Why would you buy a team that might have FFP restrictions when you can go in and buy a similarly positioned team like I don't even know the Preston North End who once they are playing this weekend? Uh, you know, it's kind of in in similar similar straits right now and doesn't have those restrictions. Um, I don't it, know. It's a fair question. Yeah, it's I a, mean, it's there's a fair the argument question. that like obviously Wednesday is massive. And whatnot, and it is like a. You know, we've been hearing it's a sleeping giant basically since the first day they were relegated from the Premier League. 
And you know, yeah, that's that's true. But what's that get you in in 2018 when you know Watford's an established Premier League side, and you know Burnmouth is having a great season. Wolves like that looks like they're better positioned long term uh, than ones they are. Like you know, and no offense, I mean Wolves, I guess is a fairly big side. No offense to those clubs, but you know, you would probably in a general poll of again sort of football fans of of our age think that by Wednesday is by far the biggest club in there because we remember Chrissy Waddle and David Hurst and two uh, two cup finals at Wembley in 93 but you know it, realistically the economics of the sport have radically changed since then and Wednesday have not been seeing a windfall from you know the incredible revenue advances in the Premier League in 20 years now I would I would say that Wednesday is a, a club that is best suited for an investment group, not a single owner that is trying to buy a club and build it for his son. Right, right now, if you're an investment group, you're you're likely looking for a long-term investment, and you come in and you know, okay, Sheffield Wednesday, big club, great history, great tradition. Uh, great support when things are going well, obviously, but nonetheless, uh, historically great support. This is a club that is a good investment, and we, we nurture the investment. We put the right people in place to um, help our investment grow, and then we get to the Premier League in a few years, and all of a sudden the club worth is is huge, right? The club's worth millions and millions. So, Again, I think Chan Siri is probably just not not the right type of owner for Sheffield Wednesday. And if you put some investors in there that understand it's not a short-term fix and understand that they're not going to be the ones that will you know, lead the club to prosperity themselves, and instead of trying to run the club like Chan Siri has, they you know, put the right people in place, some, some business specialists, some, you know, a good coaching organization etc in place to uh to help the club turn around and eventually succeed so i think what basically the short version of that is wednesday are a great and attractive investment as long as you're looking long term right and i think like i don't know we can i don't want to hash it out too much i don't think there's anything to the red bull rumors but that's like the i know there's going to be also specifically in uh in England and probably in Sheffield specifically, some weird feelings about a, you know, energy drink company buying your team, and you know, much like there was a lot of consternation in Germany with Leipzig and whatever. But like, they know how to do it. Like, you need someone that actually has a blueprint. For... Jeff, what are you talking about? Yeah, Elevate is Chance Series company. <laughs> they they They're are an fine. energy so drink sorry. company. Yes, we have already been owned by an energy drink company. This wouldn't be new for us at all. <laughs> We will still have an energy drink sponsor on our shirts. Yeah. And as long as they don't change our name to Red Bull Wednesday or Red Bull Sheffield, I will still be a staunch supporter of the club. Yeah, I just... I do want to just point out... I, so I guess I'm not supposed to say this. as like, uh, whatever. My favorite part of the fans forum was him just absolutely throwing Amin Abdi under the bus for no reason whatsoever. I sense that that more than one person in the club are, are frustrated with Abby. Um, yeah, I mean, sure, but you just don't say don't stuff out loud. I don't even, I'm not, I'm not making any commentary on the verisimilitude of what he said one way or the other, but it's like, even if it's yeah. true, 
you don't say that out loud. But but listen, I mean, it, this has gone on for a really long time, and I think eventually this you just kind of have to say, like, look, this guy is a, a piece of crap in our training room, and he is just a cancer, and you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know the story. I, I'm not trying to yeah. say Abdi is that. All I'm saying is that if if what we all suspect is true and that Abdi just is collecting a paycheck and purposefully not playing and being injured, etc., th- that'd be frustrating after two years. Sure. You know, you spent, you spent a decent penny on the guy. Right. And so, you know, if, if that's the case, whatever come out and say whatever you want maybe try to light a fire under him i know that stuff kind of that kind of stuff happens a lot especially in the nba uh here but with the magnitude a lot of egos there with the magnitude of what the fans form was supposed to be and everything else on the line to actually yeah throw him under the bus as like you know here are the here are the three biggest things wrong ffp um the fans and alman abdi you know that's you know that this is what's wrong with our club right now um, that, no, it's it's not. Hey, that's fair. Though. It's, it's it's not appropriate. <laughs> that doesn't make it appropriate. Again, it's when you have this fan forum and you're going for this notion of transparency. Just the, the randomness of the things that got brought up. Again, self-inflicted wounds that got brought up is just it's bewildering. Look, I'm, all I'm saying is that if he's not going to be on the bus, you might as well throw him under it. All right. <laughs> Do you, did you uh, write that ahead of time, Evan? <laughs> literally just came up with it very okay. proud of it so don't don't no negative comments uh, i'll read those on twitter later but yeah. yeah i'm sure so do we uh do we believe the uh steve bruce rumors and do we think it's a good thing i believe them um yeah i don't i i don't see why not um just from the the it's been it's been in the right papers um i mean i have a lot more credibility than other rumors that are out there so um yeah uh, do i think it's a good thing um it's hard to say. I think the most comments I've heard are that he may not be ready to uh, navigate the the world of FFP and a very limited budget. So, um, I mean, that's true of any having no money. Like, it's going to be you're tough. In a, right. If you're bringing in what's essentially a, a promotion specialist for this level, and I think Bruce is is the man for that uh, job, the available candidates. Like, but whoever it is, he's got to have backing. He's got to have financial backing, especially given the sheer volume of players that are out of contract in the summer um you know he's going to want to bring in players that fit his style um which is to varying degrees not really the players currently under contract um i'm sure he's going to want to you know get the gang back together from some of the other championship runs which fair enough i mean the one nice thing is he knows the league he knows it takes to get out of the league he knows the players um you know, are those players that, you know, like he got promoted with Hull, still able to do a job three years later? Who knows? But I think moving in a different direction, given the amount of squad turnover that's going to happen, both in the January and summer transfer room, uh, window, is a good idea. Um, I think he's a, a manager that knows the league um, and knows how to get out of the league. And can at least, at least for the balance of the season, probably give the team some some solidity. Uh, you know, we can talk about sort of what happens with some of the senior players out of the squad when we get to the preview section in a little bit. But I think you know he's not my favorite manager. I don't particularly enjoy watching his teams play soccer for the most part. But I think 
you know, sort of in the sort of the, the transactional nature of the next year or so of year and a half of, of Wednesday football, he might be the actual sort of panacea that they need. Yeah, I see Bruce is more of a long-term solution. Um, we can't get delusional, right? We can't have Steve Bruce come in January 1st and bring Paul Clement and and Steve Agnew with him and, and be all excited about this coaching staff. And then when we finish mid-table this year and, and maybe don't start so well next year because we haven't brought a ton of players in, we can't just all of a sudden lose faith and have another Josh situation on our hands, right? If we bring in Steve Bruce, we have to understand this guy knows what he's doing. He's done it before. And you have to bear with bear with the club as they navigate FFP and um, just trust that, that we'll get out of this situation financially and get back to prosperity. But to, to say Steve Bruce can come in and turn this club around this year and take us to promotion next year, and then all of a sudden that doesn't happen and we lose faith is just asinine, right? We're just going to go in circles in that case. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited about the prospect of Bruce coming in, um, from his experience alone. And it sounds like from some stuff I've read that, that Paul Clement and Steve uh, Agnew will come in as well. And if that's the case, I mean, that's, that's a great coaching staff. That's, that's a high caliber coaching staff, especially for this league. And, um, I'm excited to see what happens. And I think, the only thing I'm worried about is January and maybe the summer. If we have some ownership turnover, what's going to ha- happen there? But um, overall, yeah, I'm excited about that prospect. Uh, in other Wednesday news, Isaac Rice and Liam Shaw signed pro contracts, Mike. <laughs> Yay. Good on them. Yeah, I've heard good things about, uh, about yeah. Liam Shaw. So uh, no, Isaac Rice always is a captain for the uh, under 18. It's very well. cool. Yeah, no, it's cool. It's like it's like you don't want to be like all down or the other time. It's always nice to see the, like the youth come through and and get their get their pro contracts and uh, well, you know, they have I a mean, new manager the, that might give them an opportunity yeah. at some point. In, in the same way that you know we are in, on North America following this, it is nice to as we say look at the bigger family and think that this is not just the two hours on Saturday mornings. It's yeah. it's a bigger bigger enterprise here. I did want to give them a. Uh, a special shout out on the podcast because I don't think I, that news might have gotten buried this week. <laughs> it's entirely possible. For now, we'll take a short break. I need to refill my whiskey. And uh, when we get back, we will preview the Preston North End and Middlesbrough matchups coming up over the holiday season. After all that, Wednesday, do have to play two games in the next five days. Home against Preston North End, away to Middlesbrough. I, it's still fluid as we record uh, on Friday evening, so we don't know if Lee Boland is... Did they say in the in the club statement if Lee Boland's officially in charge this weekend? They did, yeah. He's the caretaker. All right, so he's, he's the caretaker the again. So Bully's back in charge, fine. Um, I guess we'll frame sort of the overarching discussion for these two games is what do you do with some of the senior players that have been out of favor, maybe playing for the 23 and under squad recently. Mike, do you think they should come back into the squad? 
I don't think they shouldn't, but I mean, again, <laughs> I, it's uh, it, it's the whole rust versus rest thing. Is we may have like the freshest team available uh, out there, but it's uh, how rusty are these guys, and are they ready to be thrown into uh, first first squad rotation? Um, the other thing that's kind of scary is that you know the list of players out of contract, and like with the transfer window closing up, the fact that we apparently don't have much direction on are we trying to sell these people sooner rather than later, or uh, kind of ride it out is really tough to say. Yeah, I mean, I suspect uh, Bowen won't make too many changes. I don't recall him doing that really when when Carlos when he took over for Carlos, but also Carlos was just playing his favorite 11s. There weren't a ton of moves to make. I, I, maybe you see Matt Penny back in the squad. You know, Bannon's out in other games, so I'd expect Noma to be in there. Uh, I, I think for me, the one thing I wouldn't do, and I've actually advocated the other way a few times on the podcast over the last few months i wouldn't mess with the goalkeeping situation just because i don't think you can do that to cameron dawson at this point because again the only if steve bruce comes in and wants to play here in westwood fine he's steve bruce um i think dawson is the first choice keeper i expect bowen's going to go for for continuity over anything else and you just hope that they put in better performances evan I guess so. I mean, I, I don't know what <laughs> you sound. What you, uh, you sound very convinced. Yeah, I mean, if you just, I mean, what, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over, yeah. and expecting new results. But like, I think it'll be the it'll be most telling, um, or, or it will be very telling to see what, uh, what what Boland does, right? If he puts in, you know, we'll say Westwood, but even if he puts in guys like like Hutch, Kieran Lee, guys that have said like rumors I mean, say is healthy that, that he should be in this they, squad but i suspect he isn't <laughs> rumors have said all these guys have come out and said they're they're healthy yeah, yeah, and the manager just doesn't like them they, you know if, if we see some of these guys even on the bench in the yeah. squad um it'll be pretty interesting right um and so to answer your question do i think they they should play i think if they're healthy they should they are they're presumably our best players and what we've been doing is not going well. We're sliding down the table. We have the third worst goal differential in the league. Um, and part of that's defense and part of that's just not scoring. And so, yeah, why, why not? Why not give some of these guys a chance? Um, you know, it, at this point, though, I don't know how much it matters. Um, it is kind of it's, it's whatever. I'm more interested to see how they respond to everything that's been going on and uh you know, are they, do they play like they're upset or do they have a little pep in their step and look a little refreshed? It'll be interesting to see tomorrow morning. I think there's also sort of yeah, someone... practical issues where like, like Joss was running first team training until yesterday and the game is tomorrow. So like, I don't know if like Hutch and Westwood and George Boyd or whoever are even training with the first team right now. So there's there's that aspect of it as well. I'm sure like, Especially with the crowded fixture schedule, you may just sort of have to go with the players that we're going to play anyway because you don't really have time to make changes because the games come so fast and furious. No, I'm actually looking forward to waking up tomorrow and seeing who's on the bench more than uh, more than who the starting eleven are. And I'm trying to I'm trying to remember who tweeted out this morning um, that the, the most Wednesday thing to happen would be if uh, Westwood and Hutch started tomorrow and then in the 75th minute bumped into each other and knocked each other out for the rest of the year. <laughs> I'm all in for Presloff Borakov. We might have to wait for the. Uh, well, we, the we know Town about FA your. Cup game. I love yeah. it. I love it. <laughs> My preferred uh, striker pairing, yes. 
Preslav Borokov and whoever else, basically. But this should, you know, all joking aside, this should be a winnable game for them. They're at home against a team that's struggling at that end of the table. It's a chance to put a little more distance between them and a relegation scrap. Like, if you can't get up for this game, like, what are you doing? No, there's always that nice balance after a new manager comes in, and you let's hope it, it's there because um, you hope it's the, the players showing off, you know, that they, that they care. Um, and I think that was my my biggest concern, you know, that I was falling asleep the other night was that we have a and when we had Yoss and uh, the club allegedly up for sale was that we would have you know a lame duck owner, a lame duck coach, and then let's just hope that the, the players show up. So hopefully they uh, hopefully they'll turn up for Lee. After that, we head to Middlesbrough for a Boxing Day clash. Um, they're in bad form right now, relatively speaking, but I'm not particularly confident. Like if this is, if if Bowen wants to like set up like five, four, one for the draw here, I'm probably okay with that. Just see if you can sneak a point. Yeah, Middlesbrough, they, they have the best defense in the league, which doesn't bode well for us. They've only given up 16 We can't, we goals can't score against the bad defenses. So. Right. Um, 16 is oh, – there are only two teams that haven't given up 20 yet, and Middlesbrough has 16. Leeds have given up 18. So uh, good squad scoring-wise. Um, yeah, they're, they're okay. They've lost out of, the, out of their last four league matches. They're zero wins, two draws, two losses. And then they just lost a, a League Cup match to Burton, 1-0. So not a great loss there either, uh, especially off some bad form. So they've kind of fallen down the table a little bit. Um, you know, no one really dangerous on the team except for Asambalanga, one of my favorite last names to say in football. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if anything, it's a 0-0 draw. I don't know if, if we're going to score against them unless Gary Hooper returns from injury and uh, he plays up top with, uh, I don't know, maybe like a a Messi, Lionel Messi or something. <laughs> I admire um, your boundless optimism in all things, Evan. Yes. And then they run into each other and knock each other out for the year. <laughs> right. I, I know this isn't on, in line with, with Middlesbrough in our discussion and, and um, previews of these games, but one thing that also is interesting is, you know, some of these players that have been injured for so long, how quickly do they come back now that Josh is gone? Um, you know, it's always curious. Some of these guys are milking injuries longer just because they don't want to have anything to do with what's going on in the club. So, you know, guys like Hooper, Kieran Lee, etc. are they, do they all of a sudden in, in two weeks, they're like, Oh, feel good back in training or, uh, you know, are they, are they still out for the year? That'd be something to, to watch for coming up soon too. And watch it, we will, as I sort of uh, implied at the outset. Uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wake up at some ungodly hour. I have a friend in town who wants to watch the Arsenal game tomorrow, so that's like 7.30. So I'll be getting who up to they, that. Who do they play? I don't even know. Oh, no. <laughs> Probably some shit squad. I can look it up. I have, no, like, uh, I have no strong feelings. I'll let you know. I just knew it was 7.30. Uh, so I'll be up for that. And then, uh, oh, you know, I like any other day I'm gonna pull my shirt Burnley at home. There you go. Hey, I'm gonna pull my shirt on over my I head. And, 
watch Wednesday against Preston because that's what we do. We don't go there to yes. have fun wherever we watch the game. <laughs> so that's part of my part of home for the holidays is I tomorrow get to introduce my extended family to my Saturday morning rituals and, of watching the games. It's seven in the morning. Yeah, and you know why? Why are you crying at eight o'clock? It's <laughs> hopefully it'll, hopefully it'll go better for you than it did for Paul. <laughs> uh, Uh, if you want to watch the uh, game elsewhere, I should have actually looked up where we have meetups this week. I do know that uh, I don't think any of the actual New York Owls will be there tomorrow. It's an ESPN Plus game, so you can watch it on ESPN Plus. But the Football Factory will have the game on if you are passing through. I think all of us at this point are uh, avoiding it otherwise. And then uh, Middlesbrough... For Boxing Day, it will also be on at the at the Football Factory. Again, not an ESPN Plus game, but you can uh, say hi to the to the Middlesbrough firm there, which is usually loud and boisterous, if nothing else. And then there's also one in New Orleans. Finn McCool's will have it. Uh, have the press in North. I'm, gl- I'm good. You, I'm good. You have the meetup page up. It's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, Finn McCool's will have it in New Orleans for the uh, press in North. I send my wife there. She's in New Orleans right now visiting. Uh, her sister, so I don't she think she probably get wouldn't have that great of a time. No, I she actually came to Football Factory uh, two weeks ago for the Rotherham game, and what like I had think? explained, I had explained to her that you know what the Football Factory is. I think in the best terms, you like it's not like a, you know, it's the basement of a Midtown bar that's kind of dark and loud. But you know, I've been a New York Oliver six plus years now so i figured she'd at least like she's finally we had to be in the city the same weekend meeting some friend so she showed up at like with like 10 o'clock stayed for five minutes said hi to patty then left to do work elsewhere and get donuts i'm like that's about right i didn't expect her to stay for the whole time i was also extremely hungover which is the thing that happens to you in your mid-30s when you have like two glasses of wine and a cocktail apparently not that happens fun. to me in my mid twenties. Yeah, well, to be honest with you, so that's it's unfortunate. I made it to like twenty eight. I feel like before that started being a being a major issue. Yeah, I mean it's it's five oh nine right now in Ohio, um, five oh nine p.m. and I'm about to finish my second Carlsberg, <laughs> and I'm already worried about a hangover tomorrow morning. Mm. Yeah, they say hair of the dog. This has been episode 51 of the Owls AmeriCast. Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with an American accent. You can find us on the internet at owlsamericas.com. Email us at owlsamericas at gmail.com. And find and follow us on Twitter at owlsamericas. Our podcast intro and bumpers are by fellow Wednesdayites forever in the makers. The podcast is on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbeam, and probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show. Just do what feels right. Wherever you choose to consume Owls AmeriCast, we ask that you rate and review the show. It helps more Wednesdayites find our ramblings. And speaking of ramblings, you can leave the show a voicemail on our dazed and mumbled line at 1-401-307-1867. International rates do apply, but you can dial it for free using Google Voice. Mike is on Twitter at Mike Laroon and at Cascadia Owls. Mike, uh, in in the grand tradition of our southern california owls if the game goes bad uh tomorrow morning will you just go to the beach afterwards 
I may try. I may make the trip down to San Diego and uh, track down San Diego owls and Walk join into the ocean. <laughs> Absolutely. Evan is on Twitter at Ohio Owl. Evan, are you going to risk a third Carlsberg this afternoon evening? I can't actually. Can't? I, uh, I'm going to broadcast a high school basketball game <laughs> here in a you little just, bit. You, so need a, to, you need a base, though. You need a base. Yeah, I have to stop here at, at two, and then maybe when I get back. Indulge in some more, save them for breakfast tomorrow mm. at 10 a.m. I'm on Twitter at Jeff Paternostro. I'm going to go get some pizza and maybe have another whiskey. And we'll see you back here next week.